Welcome to On Air with Kate Butler, where we are revealing life's best kept secrets. Welcome to On Air with Kate Butler. I am here with Christy Wilden, and I cannot wait for you to get to know her. Let me tell you a little bit about Christy, but what I can promise you is that she is going to do a much better job of telling you who she is and explaining her amazing life that she has led. But let me give you an introduction if I could even begin to do it justice. Christy is a mother of six, teacher, entrepreneur, former nurse, and music educator with a BA from Rutgers University who owned a music studio for over 10 years. In 2014, Christy was diagnosed with a progressive sensory neural, did I get it right, hearing loss. I want to make sure that I um, honor that uh, diagnosis. And Christy's going to tell us a little bit about that. But she went back to school and obtained a degree in deaf studies and American sign language as a result of this from Rowan College and Burlington County. At this time, her focus turned from music to musical theater, and she is going to take us on a journey of what happened after that. Christy has recently written a book, From Shelter to CEO, is the name of her chapter. And as a result of writing that chapter, she has become a number one international best-selling author. This is On Air with Kate Butler, revealing life's best kept secrets. And Christy is here to unlock some of that for us today. Christy, welcome. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to have you here. And I am so excited to dig into this journey because I did leave a little bit out of your bio because I wanted to leave space and room for you to share with this audience a little bit about this uh, really fascinating um, experience that you have had um, throughout your life and really kind of how you've been able to overcome some of these elements that have happened to you um, and situations that you found yourself in. Um, so first and foremost, how did you come across to be in a place right now where you are here with the intention of helping others? Like, how did you get to this place? Wow, that's that, that's a big question. <laughs> um, well, first off, you you said, like, what what is my, basically what is my mindset that got me to overcome these things? And uh, my dad always told me where there's a will, then there's a way. So I kind of adopted that as like my motto. Um, and I also adapted the mindset of I can. Like there may be things that you want to do in your life and you feel like there's so many road roadblocks in front of you. And there are, I'm sure there are, but you always have to know that you still can. It might take you longer. You might have to go up and over things, but you always can. So how did I get to where I'm at today? Well, as, um, as Kate said, I owned a music school for 10 years and I learned I was losing my hearing in 2014 from progressive sensory neural hearing loss. And um, what that did for me was it kind of pulled the rug out from underneath of me because I've been playing piano since the time I was nine years old. And um, my piano was my lifeline. It was my therapy. It was everything to me. And to watch um, my love of piano disintegrate in front of my face, 
it kind of catapulted me into like a massive depression. And when you're spiraling out of control, you tend to make really bad decisions. And one of those bad decisions landed me in a rape and abuse shelter with my with my three kids. So that's kind of where my story starts, um, was on the bed of a rape and abuse shelter. So Kate, I don't know how far you want me to take us. You want me so to take you us? are here, okay? And um, at this point, how old are your kids at this point? Just kind of give us like a, a sense of where you are in life. Sure. Um, my youngest son, who is now nine, he was then four at the time. Um, and then my oldest daughter, who's 19, she was 13. And then my middle guy, he was, he's 15 now. So it's easier to gauge the other two because they're 10 years apart. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was in about 2017. So he was born in 2000. So he was about 10. So 2017. So this is not that that long ago, um, right? That this is, you know, a hop, skip and a jump in the grand scheme of things. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, the, the incident that happened that got me into that shelter was December 26th of 2017. So it was even at the end of 2017. Yeah. Okay. This, uh, I, I guess I didn't even realize, you know, just kind of knowing elements of the story that, um, that it, it feels so close, you know, it feels so, so, you know, that, that it wasn't that long ago, only in, in pertaining to, well, not only, but also in pertaining to the amount of things that have happened since then, which are remarkable. And obviously what we are about to dig into, but before we get into that, I would love to explore, what were you telling yourself when you were in this shelter? What were some of the thoughts that ran through your mind? Well, I knew when I went there that I was supposed to be there, but I still felt absolutely worthless and um yeah it's kind of hard to talk about but um the the one night that that really matters is I was sitting on my bed with my feet on the floor and my hands and my my head in my hands and my my head in my lap just crying out to God wondering you know how did I end up here what did I do to deserve to be here and um I said, I'm just worthless. I'm absolutely worthless. And then I felt this tiny little hand on my back and I turned around. It was my, my youngest son who um, was four at the time. And, and he looked me straight in my face and said, mommy, you're not, you're not worthless. You're perfect. And then he rolled back over and went to sleep. And just looking at him, like, there's no way that he even knew what the word worthless meant at, at the age of four. And I really don't think it was him speaking to me. I, I honestly think it was God telling me like, no, like you're, you're meant to be here. This, this is it. This is rock bottom. And I'm just going to lift you up from here. Wow. So this is your moment. So, so that happens. You believe that God is talking to you, you know, in this moment, did you believe that at the time or you can look back now and see that? Definitely. Um, looking back looking back. Okay. So at the time you probably just have this like awareness moment, like what was that? Right. Um, and you're maybe in a little bit of shock and maybe it jolts you out a little bit. Right. So what were the next steps after that? Cause this was a really pivotal time in your life. Right. So I really want to kind of understand what was happening here. I didn't really know what to do with that information. Um, but I went to my theater the next day and, um, I was still really upset about it. And I had this, this big party for this, one of our new students, it was her birthday. And um, at, at the end of the party, 
I didn't realize anybody was still left in my theater except for me. And I was sitting on the couch and, and I had another moment when I was crying and the mother of that particular child who we happened to just celebrate her birthday walked in and sat next to me and, and I didn't really know her. It was her first week. It was literally her first week. And I knew that this young girl was having her birthday and was sharing it with us. So I, I brought her I brought her a cake. So this mom sits next to me. And I don't really know her very well. And she's like, what's wrong? And I looked up and it, and something somewhere in my soul told me she was a safe person and I just kind of let it all out and from that moment like from the moment of my son pushing me to be able to speak the words I was feeling led me to this woman who then pushed me in a completely different direction and then from her words within a week I had a new apartment had a new job my autistic son that was um, that was hurting and, and being bullied, he had a beautiful new charter school where he got to go and play piano, which he was incredible at. So like my whole life changed from that one conversation. Wow. Wow. What a moment, right? So now you've had this moment of your, well, a lot up until this point, right? You have a moment that led you to the shelter. Then you have a moment in the shelter that jolts you into a new direction. Then you have this moment with a trusted soul, an angel sent your way, right? You have this God moment in the shelter. You have the God moment in the theater. Um, and so now that things start to be, you know, trajecting, if you will, like, you know, in a new direction um, and you start to see things open up in a positive way, um, what decisions do you make from here? Now, at this point, what is your internal dialogue that you are telling yourself? Honestly, it was still negative. It was still like, wow, I don't deserve this new apartment. Why do I deserve this job? Other people are more qualified. Wow. Um, imposter syndrome is still really big with me. Something that I struggle with a lot. Um, Self-doubt. It, it's, it's still a mess, but still people were still carrying me saying, it's okay. You're okay. You're, you're going to make it. You know what I mean? And, and it honestly took me until this year and this book to where I finally felt like my story is worth hearing. Wow. Wow. Okay. And we're going to get to the book in a minute, but tell me a little bit about this diagnosis and where does this play into, you know, kind of everything that we are hearing about? Um, how does it play into this theater and how does it play into where you are today? Sure. Um, as I said, I was a music educator and um, my whole life was the piano. And when I found out that I was losing my hearing, um, Another one of those defining moments in the shelter was my daughter telling me that, you know, mom, you can't lose your love of the performing arts forever. Like, that's just stupid. That's who you are. So um, at the time I was going to school to um, get a degree in deaf studies and, um, and American Sign Language. And my amazing team, Elias, he told me, he said, you know, you need to bring your daughter with you because I don't want her to lose communication with you. And then she can be a link between you and your boys too, as they grow older and they learn. Um, so like, that was insanely cool. So her and I learning this incredibly beautiful language together, 
um, we went to see a show and I was looking at the corner at this um, interpreter and I realized like, you know, like I said, music was my life. I went to Broadway every year for my daughter's birthday. I was getting really frustrated because there's no reason why my eye should be in the corner when the guy sitting next to me paid the exact same amount of money and his eyes are up on the stage, right? So when we got home, I looked at my daughter. I was like, why don't we create a theater where everybody signs? And she was like, mom, that's, that's genius. And I started looking into it and, and there's not many. There's one in California. I don't, and I really don't know at, I didn't know at that time of any that were really on the East coast. So um, we create, we created hands up silent theater and we ran it underneath of the umbrella of my music school for a little while. And then when COVID hit, um, luckily my daughter and I, we both got it twice, but we both survived, which is amazing. But when COVID hit, we decided it was time to shut the doors permanently on my music school itself. And we pulled Hands Up Silent Theater out as its own separate entity and created a nonprofit with that. So our mission at Hands Up is to encourage the deaf to learn more about the performing arts and encourage the hearing to learn ASL and interact with deaf peers. And then our vision is to create 100% accessible performances for the deaf and the hearing to enjoy as one. I love it. I love it. So you, I want to know, um, and I just want to make sure that we pull this out, right? So you lost the piano at nine. This is your lifeline. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. You lost the piano when you, you started playing at nine. You lost the piano. You're like, wait, no, that's not what it was. You started playing at nine and then you lost this piano, which was your lifeline. Okay. Um, because you received a diagnosis and then your daughter reminded you, right? Like, you know what, mommy, we, we've got to, you know, this might not be the way, but there's gotta be something else. Right. And then you found your way to the theater. So did you ever find your way back to the piano and tell us a little bit more like about, um, you know, kind of finding your way back to this beautiful world of music that is your passion? Sure. Um, what's pretty crazy is in 2014, when I learned I was losing my hearing, my uh, audiologist at the time, she gave me this like, no hope whatsoever. She's like, you will be deaf by the time you're 50 years old, 100% deaf. And I was like, what? Um, so at the time, I was like, what is the point? What is the point of this beautiful piece of furniture sitting in my corner? There's no point to it, right? So um, the most beautiful thing happened when once I started going, you know, back to, to school at RCBC, I had this one class called um, Deaf Culture. And man, that teacher is incredible. She, like That was the very first class that I took. And because of her, I signed up for the whole degree. So she's the one that showed me that deafness is not anything that's scary that it opens you up to this completely beautiful new world that I didn't even know existed right so when it comes to the piano um what this audiologist never told me is that your hearing is on this um on this scale between zero and like 120 and zero is uh, basically like superhuman hearing everybody's normal hearing is at like 20 and then profoundly deaf is like 110 plus right? So she didn't explain to me that there's these different levels of hearing. So where my hearing sits right now is my right ear is at 65 and my left ear is at 55. So that falls right under what they call the speech banana. <laughs> so it's like this, this angle like this. So I can still hear music. So I can go to a concert and I can still enjoy a concert. I just can't hear what 
the lyrics are of the person who's singing, right? So I will never lose my, my piano unless my hearing goes below 80. I'm still at 55 on this side. That, that could be for the rest of my life, right? So like now I can still hear a, a jet plane, but I can also still hear a piano. So wow. Wow. Right. So I'm trying to get back into it. It's it's frustrating because there's so many songs that I've known my whole life that it, I really can't play anymore because I just totally gave it up. But I'm really trying. I'm really incredible. Trying. Incredible. And it just goes to show you that, you know, you just never like it's all like anything can be possible, right? I mean, even when someone told you like this is not, there is no hope there was still hope. Right. And I, and I just love that example in that, um, is that, you know, keep going, keep asking, keep looking, keep trying, right. No matter what. And I love your story for so many reasons, for so many reasons for this. So tell us about this journey of becoming a number one international bestselling author. Right. So we have talked about that a couple of times and you said, look, you know, um, I've been through all of this and it's just in this last year and this book really, that has gotten me to a place where I'm sharing. And I, um, really am opening up to being that lifeline for other people. So tell us about this story in this book. Sure. So um, when I was at the shelter and I didn't have my piano there with me, I had to um, I had to store it, right? So I turned to the only um, activity that I knew that I loved that was silent, which is reading and writing, right? So with that, I noticed that there's not a lot of deaf representation in novels. There's some, but the, to me, there's not enough. So um, I decided to go back to school yet again and to get my um, master's in fine arts and writing from Southern New Hampshire University. And uh, my goal is to write novels with deaf representation in them. So along that path is when I saw um, your ad asking for submissions for this book, Dear Younger Self. And I was like, what an awesome um, opportunity this is to be able to publish a story in this book that can go out to the people that I want to help most. Hmm. So my goal for this book is to get it into the hands of every woman, child, man in a rape and abuse shelter that feels like they're worthless to let them know that it's not over for you. Don't, don't ever give up and that you can, there's so many things that you can still do. Christy Wilden, everyone. Oh my goodness. I just love your story from shelter to CEO, right? And it's everything you think it is and so much more and so much more. There are so many ebbs and flows to the story. Uh, there are so many lessons and beautiful pearls of wisdom that are dropped along the way of hope, of tenacity, of choice, right? Of dedication, um, of inspiration. And it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to give people who are in a place where they are looking for a way, they are looking for uh, a hand, they are looking to know that they're not alone. Um, Christy, your story is a perfect, perfect fit. And also, if you want to be inspired and know that all things are possible, truly, this story is perfect. So where can we find your book, Christy? Uh, my book is available right now on Amazon, which is super cool. 
Amazing. Amazing. And tell us before we go, Christy, tell us about your shirt. Oh, my shirt. Sure. So this is the sign for Hands Up Silent Theater. So where it comes from is an I love you from me and I love you from my daughter. And in the middle, you see a W, which stands for our last name. Wow. I love it. I love it. Which is the name of the theater as well. Christy, thank you so much for being here. How do people get in touch with you and get into your world? So you can reach me out by email, which is at the end of my chapter, which is my name, christywilden at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, handsup-theater.org. Um, so you can see anything that's up and coming in my, my theater process. And yeah, I, I look forward to meeting you all on the stage someday. This is absolutely incredible. Check out her website. Definitely go to Amazon and purchase the book to read her story, which we can tell you about right now. And I know you're feeling as inspired and encouraged as I am through her words, but I can tell you the book, just like the book's always better, right? You can watch the movie, but the book is always better. Um, and so I love hearing this uh, really through Christie's. Uh, words. I love hearing it through her voice. Uh, she's wildly inspirational, but I get hit in a totally different way when I read a book. So as much as this has inspired you, I would encourage you to go by the book as well. Um, and definitely email Christy, let her know your thoughts, let her know, um, you know, all of the feedback and insights you may have or have taken away from her chapter. And it's also a great way to get into this remarkable woman's world. Christy, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you. For thank you, me. everyone, for listening to On Air with Kate Butler, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I would love to connect with you on social, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Kate Butler Books. If you're interested in accessing some life-changing tools and techniques, you can grab those right off of the homepage of my website for free, and that is katebutlerbooks.com. And you can always check back here to download new episodes from our podcast right here where you listen today. Until next time, thank you for making this world a better place just by being you.